Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. We're now in season two of the 100 Masked Men series where I anonymously interview different men from all walks of life about what masculinity means to them, gender expectations, and how that affects how they interact with women. This week I spoke with a man who works in construction, what we'd consider one of the breeding grounds of toxic masculinity. Masked man number 31 is the guy card. This concept comes out from working in a space dominated by traditionally masculine men working in physical labor. Although there may be differences in ethnicity, status, or otherwise, at least they share the guy card, all being men. What I found the most interesting is how diplomatic guys can be about men acting inappropriately towards women. Like, how do you keep it light, keep it friendly, yet also say what is and isn't okay? And the request for some women to be more gentle and patient with these men as they adjust with the change in power. I don't know, man. There's just a bit too many requests for women, in my opinion, especially around this subject. Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. It's hard to hear. Like, I have, I personally feel I have, I have a guy pass is what I should be, is basically what I'm trying to say, basically, okay. right? So even though I might be different from them, at least I'm a guy to them as well, right? A woman, you know, it's going to be extra harder for them to be able to do, reach out to these guys the way that I'm able to, is the thing, right? Because I'm a guy, they'll still go and be a guy around me. And maybe some guys will still be a guy, quote unquote, around, you know, females, but they'll always be answered back with, you know, rocks thrown at them. And understandably so, absolutely. When you're attacked so often, your entire life, you find that the only time you get to breathe is when you do throw rocks because then they actually don't may take a second before they even think about throwing a rock at you initially as a thing, right? They might like, whoa, stay away from that girl. She's a bee basically, right? And they'll just like stay away from her. And then it's, it's almost more comfortable to live in that world where they fear you or just don't want to interact with you because then you just don't have to, feel like you're treading water the entire time that you're just being alive. But that's uh, my guy card, why, what women can do. But to be honest, it's, I commend them for even trying is a thing, right? I don't know if, if I could do it, you know, without my guy card is a thing. That's just, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, one thing that does give me hope is that although it might feel like we haven't made it anywhere, we have. And you can definitely see it in just TV alone as a thing, right? Growing up, you know, being a uh, visible minority, that's the closest thing I can sort of like associate to being treated as lesser than just because of who you are as a thing, right? And when working in construction, it really feels like I'm back in the 90s at times is all in terms of the mentality and the way to think and the way to act around certain groups. It was slightly jarring at first because I came from an office background and I ended up in construction. <laughs> And uh, the first day I was there, uh, they were calling me names like dim sum. (laughs) So uh, there's that at the very least. (laughs) But you know what? Like I do find, um, I I find that that what they're trying to do there is basically try to size you up, basically. I think a lot of their methods are very much, let me offend them as much as I can. And that way I can see if they're even worth my time as a thing, right? Because if I offend them, then I don't have to deal with them. But, and I don't think they've ever actually maybe had someone actually sit around and actually quote unquote take their abuse or whatever, but then actually answer back with, you know, genuine humanity is a thing, right? They're probably met back with just more rocks thrown at them as a thing. And they're probably 
used to that. And that's why they probably answered back with rocks first, is my guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's so crazy. So you came from um, an office background. What what brought you into construction or what was Here's the, the thing. Uh, I, so yeah, thank you for asking actually. Uh, I worked in, uh, in, uh, in the office background and uh, in the office and you know, you put in so many hours, you stay up late at night, uh, you go through all this paperwork and nobody cares. <laughs> I spent like a good four years, four and a half years, just trying to climb up that ladder basically. But cause you end up just training people's nephews instead and be like, but I already know all these things. And this guy comes in and he doesn't know anything, but that's why I'm there to train them to move up past me. And it was just a little bit upsetting, I guess. And I just, at a certain point in time to, there's so much there, at least were the office I worked at, there was so much uh, Game of thrones <laughs> just like uh, people backstabbing each other nonstop. And like, I do not like this at all. Here's one great thing about construction. If they like you, they'll let you know. If they don't like you, they'll let you know. They're just pure, you know, unabashedly uh, honest talk in uh, construction, which is both a pro and con, but uh, I found it refreshing personally when I first jumped into it. So what kind of stereotypes would you say are true in the construction zone versus those that are not? That's the upsetting thing, not for nothing, but it's it's borderline parody at times <laughs> uh, at work. Hopefully this doesn't come off as like talking down to them, but it's very much like um, I, I took, um, parenting classes in high school and stuff like that. And I co-opt at daycares. And one of the things you learn is when you meet a kid and let's say the kid's eating some sand, you don't say, don't eat sand and leave it at that. You actually sit down with them and have a conversation. You say, hey, what are you doing? They're like eating sand. And you're all like, does, does that taste good though? And then you're like, huh, no, it doesn't taste good. Like, do you feel like we should be eating that then or whatever? And you sort of walk them through the process. And a perfect example of this would be I worked with one gentleman who was 110% against gays. And he found out that I wasn't 110% gay against gays. And he goes to me, he says, can I tell you a story? I'm like, absolutely, go right ahead. And he says to me that there was a gay couple and they adopted a son and they forced him to dress like a girl and then they raped him and, and, uh, and murdered him. And I, said, and I said to him like, I'm not gonna say his name, but I said like, uh, do you feel, now what percentage of the gay community do you think does that or whatever? Do you feel that's 99% or do you feel like it's like, you know, 75% or whatever? And he's never been met with someone that's asked him that question. He's only been met with, whoa, gay people are bad. And that's it. That's the end of the conversation. It doesn't go any further than that. Uh, and so I could tell he was taken back like, whoa, we're, that's, no, it can't be 99%. No, it's not even 75% is a thing, right? And so if that's true, then, you know, technically you could say, well, I know Hitler's parents were straight. So maybe all straight people <laughs> will raise Hitler's as a thing or whatever. And after a while, like the fortunate thing is in my line of work, you don't always get this, but like we spend like eight hours a day with each other and there's only just the two of us to talk to. So, you know, you get to be honest with the other person without feeling like you might be judged after a while. And I'm able to bring in prospects and ideas that I'm sure they've never had brought to their door before. And so it almost feels like it's my responsibility to at least try to have that conversation with them. Obviously, it's with certain people, you're all like, that's not going to fly. <laughs> yeah. Like if they're like really against it, I'm like, 
you know, maybe I'll, 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 I'll ease it in, but I know for a fact that if you confront them, they'll know that they live in a time right now where they can get in trouble for it. And so they'll just be hateful behind doors. And that's not what I want either is a thing, right? I would much rather just have a conversation with them where it leads them uh, down a path uh, where they might not immediately accept uh, prejudice ideas, but actually question them, you know? Yeah, I like, I love that approach. And, you're, you know, I think the storytelling aspect of it, mm-hmm. while you guys are working, you have that camaraderie, you have mm-hmm. that opportunity to discuss things. But what if it's like a construction zone where there's like, a bunch of you working in like in a block, in close right? proximity yeah in yeah, a close-ish no. proximity that's then- when it's 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 a problem there's this okay. group mentality is a thing they feel safe like if one person says like no gays are bad then everybody else jumps in and says yeah gays are bad and then you're like well what do i do can i sit down all five of them and just like have a conversation with them basically you're outnumbered yeah I'm, I'm definitely outnumbered there or whatever like do i want to die on this hill and then immediately cut off that com- uh, line of communication uh, because then they'll immediately just be like, no, it was safe when we all said no to him. You know, I'll just say no to him now about any, any chance of changing my mind, basically. And mm-hmm. you have to pick your battles. And ultimately, I want something that sticks around a little bit longer is a little bit more meaningful than, oh, I'll just keep my hate quiet around you, but do all these hateful things, you know, in my own life, basically. I understand why, like a lot of my my friends, when I tell them certain stories that have happened to me in my day-to-day, they immediately, their instinct is to throw rocks and be all like, these are terrible people or whatever, right? And I'm all like, they just don't know better is a thing. They just have honestly never been given the opportunity to actually hear the opposing side or actually, you know, want to give the opposing side a second because they're immediately met with rocks and hate and judgments and nobody wants to work with that regardless of what side you're on. Yeah, I, I think it's wild. Like anytime I meet someone that's in trades, they have this like need to kind of like piss over everyone to kind of say like, hi, I'm making a statement here. Yes. But then at the same time, they have this like very low self-worth because they know that they're working an hourly w- wage. Maybe they're wearing a certain uniform that's mm-hmm. like covered in paint or dirt mm-hmm. or whatever, which then suggests like, oh, I'm a piece of dirt too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I kind of feel like there's that, mentality of like needing to prove but also accepting that if anyone does call them garbage they'll be like yeah i am and kind of I, that. you know what I, I i agree uh uh to some point in way that like i believe that it's it's very they're doing their best not to get hurt and so they're very preemptive in their actions to be all like no i don't care what you think you know but you know i'm sure ultimately at the end of the day they do care what people think because as we've been talking about uh, previously, it is very uh, toxic masculinity oriented and everybody sort of jumps on that train and stays there because at least you got people who tell you you're good when you're being a toxic male. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the most dangerous thing is that group mentality. I think I experienced it when I worked in hospitality with just like cooks, you know, when it's Mm -hmm. like all male dominated space and there's, a lineup, you know, a hierarchy system and whoever is in power and wants to exercise it will do something kind of disrespectful towards women as a way to further enforce their own power. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I, I, I think it's it, that, right? It definitely makes, when you do something like that, it's just to 
reaffirmed her quote-unquote leadership amongst uh, other men as a thing. Be all like, I'm an alpha. That's why I can say these things without fear. And you guys will laugh and you guys will make me feel good in return and raise me up higher up on that pedestal, perhaps. It's, uh, it's rough. I'll say that much. I've been in groups where, you know, these guys are just, you know, catcalling women and super not cool guys, super not cool. And you can say stuff to them, but then they'll just do it behind your back instead. And they won't learn. There'll be literally no one around with that line of communication to them that can actually maybe drop a pebble of truth uh, their way or like maybe uh, ask them to see women as individuals and human beings, yeah. you know, uh, it just, it just becomes a, uh, a snowball effect regardless, I suppose. Like it's, it's a snowball effect with when guys basically, when they talk down to a woman and then all the guys uh, join in, basically that's just their, I believe from where they're coming from, they don't see themselves as monsters. They don't even see what they're doing as monstrous. They don't see it as evil. Uh, they see it, they, they sort of write it off as quote unquote a joke and all the guys are telling them, hey, you're good. And there's, this act, there's that camaraderie there that's raising them up. And so they say, this is a good thing. I will continuously to do that, uh, continue to do this. With that said, these days at the very least, maybe with certain people around, they will keep their mouths shut. But there was a time where, no, no, they're just guys being guys that was let off by all society. At the very least now, there's a good chunk of society that says, uh-uh, that's wrong actually. And that will make give them pause at the very least. It'll give them pause and they'll look around before they say what they need to they want to say. And hopefully with that, that pause gets longer. And maybe, you know, certain the next generation will look around and be all like, you know, it will be foreign to them because saying stuff like that is is kept, you know, behind closed doors. And it's not immediately something that's uh, the next generation is raised on. My friend works in um, a gym. And uh, she told me a story about uh, how does this one guy who was like secretly filming a girl doing stretches, basically, right? That's disgusting. But these two 15-year-old boys go up to me like, hey, man, did you ask for permission to like film her or whatever? And she felt so much warmth in that. She's like, wow, like, look at this next generation, Generation Z, look at you, you know? And, you know, I think social media helps with that too in a way of like, you, these are people that might not be in your, maybe in your echo chamber, your day-to-day -day echo chamber at home, you might not be, have these issues brought to your attention, but as a teenager and as you get away from your own family, maybe you find certain ways, to, uh, certain avenues to look at uh, that you're not accustomed to online. It gives you a place to learn about these things without feeling like you'll be judged because you're learning in secret technically. It's it's being brought to you through TikTok. It's being brought to you through all sorts of social media. And then it's something to bring up to your, I don't know, elders, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's, it's hard, you know, like you can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing, right? Like th anyone 30 plus that I know that are men in the trade space, uh, it's, it's very difficult to very. have them understand versus, you know, someone in their 20s, that's a little bit just more pliable because mm -hmm. they are exposed to more of that information. So if you're saying that, you know, there might be more pauses now in in construction when like a woman walks by in the construction site. Mm -hmm. What is your approach to kind of avoiding that or changing that? Like, do you call people out? You know is what's rough? Thing? You know what's rough? I'm actually the union steward, which means I got voted in. Like the way I got voted in was pure happenstance. Nobody else uh, wanted to do it. And so I became union steward by default. 
but that means I'm the guy that if the, cor- if the, cor- if the company we're working for is treating the union members, uh, the construction guys, uh, wrongfully, then I'm the guy that goes up to the union heads and have bring them in, and then we threaten to take away their union card, the company's union card, and you don't want that, basically, because then that just takes away the vast majority of your workers, is the thing. The, all of the unions will be, uh, well, that's what a union does, basically, it takes care of the workers. And so, technically, I should be there to, you know, talk with the guys in the mornings and stuff like that and just have camaraderie, but it is, it's rough when you just see them do certain things that you don't subscribe to, like, you know, cat call and stuff like that, basically. And it goes back to me saying like, I can absolutely say, hey man, that's wrong. But then all it does is just, they don't come to me with issues anymore. They don't even see they can come to me for what I'm there for to protect their livelihoods. I'm there to take care of them and their families. But if they don't feel like they can come up to me, then there goes my, the, the position is meaningless then. And it's, it's important to have. And I could die on that hill, but I don't feel like it's, it's going to cut off communication when we're alone. And I can, I can take on one at a time or whatever, right? Taking on like five, 10, 15 people at a time, that's a little bit harder. And you're definitely not going to get as far as you think you will. It's the long game. I've, maybe it's just because I, I've been raised as a, I've lived a life as a person of color. I, you're taught that it is about the long game. It's not about immediacy. Uh, my dad would tell me, hey, because you're not white, you're going to work, you know, two times as hard just to get anywhere is the thing, right? This is somebody who would tell me at the age of six, you know? And, uh, and so you learn to let things, and it's not right, and hopefully we get to a better place someday. Based off of my experiences in the 90s, it has gotten to a better place because it's not the most immediate thing that they bring to your attention. They don't call out you being... Although like some guys do, some people don't immediately say, hey, you're Chinese. That'll be the focal point of our entire relationship, (laughs) of our entire uh, professional relationship. They actually, some people will, like I would say probably even 60% treat you like a human being at first, unless you were to go down the route of telling them that, immediately going down the route of telling them that they're a monster for thinking certain things or subscribing to certain things. You have to walk slowly with them on that one and just sort of uh, take their points and then answer it with not judgment, but like questions. And then basically they'll actually do the job themselves to slowly get themselves there. So I'm going to go off a little bit of a tangent. Uh, There's a guy (laughs) I got partnered with for a very long time and he was very much into incel um, videos on YouTube, basically, where women are the cause of all his problems. And so one thing I did was I, I said, I took his language basically, and I just sort of changed it in a way to hopefully broaden his horizons. And I said, hey man, if you really want to get girls, you should watch a show called Grey's Anatomy or whatever, right? And we're like, what? I'm like, there's so many secrets in there, dude. You're going to learn what the women are thinking and then you'll be able to use that so you can get laid, dude. Or whatever. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he blasted through all of Grey's Anatomy, all 17 seasons, and he changed his opinion on everything on everything he'll actually call out certain guys at work like hey man that's not cool she's an individual <laughs> and you can't treat her as lesser than i'm like whoa the power of grace anatomy is amazing it's, wow. it's but that's the thing right because there's no judgment it's just him alone uh be, having evidence brought to him that have never been uh info that brought to him that he's never had you know the had brought to him as a thing right these opportunities have never been brought to him and i would say guys if like people on my side 
you know, if you can, if it's, if it's safe for you and if it doesn't hurt you, if you feel like you can sort of like bear with it, try to answer with, you know, patience and care. Uh, and you might actually get a little bit further than, you know, before with rocks and hate is a thing. I don't know. And I think, I think it's hard because it's oh, yeah, super on, hard for sure. on, on the flip side, you have women that are getting more and more educated that are getting more and more powerful. You yes. know, um, there's more abilities, opportunities for women day by day, obviously. Yes. And we're climbing that uphill battle, but then now we'll, here we are, we've arrived mm -hmm. and yet we're still being asked, Oh, well, like be more gentle with these guys, take more time and be more oh, patient so with sorry. them. You know what I mean? It's like, well, do you deserve that at this point? Because that's the thing though. Like, well, that's cause no, I understand. I absolutely understand where it's all like, why should we be doing this work for them? Absolutely. 110%. With that said, I guess maybe just leave it to guys like me in my position then, I guess. Right. Because it's, I really do feel like we're not going to get that far with these guys. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter actually, maybe by making them, uh, saying like, uh, but maybe by quote unquote throwing rocks at them, it causes it, it causes a longer pause, and with that longer pause, it turns into a silence. And maybe one day with silence, the next generation will just sort of overwrite all of that. Maybe that's that's a route to take as well. I yeah, your thoughts? Uh, I I agree. I think that yeah. um, rather than throwing rocks or some kind of aggressive nature, then that's going to be the expectation. They're going to throw rocks back. You know, rather than using violence and violence. You know, there's addi there's additional ways, which can be silence, it could be other things. And I think finding collaboration, finding mm -hmm. allies is gonna is definitely the the next step. And that's why mm -hmm. I think like this whole conversation, this whole show is to get allies, you know, guys like you to start helping that conversation because mm -hmm. I know for a fact as women, first off, I can't convert all women to suddenly be nicer to guys. But that's the thing, right? Like, like it's so sad that, you know women would even have to be asked to quote unquote be nicer it's very much like turning the other cheek is a thing right and yeah i'm raised catholic or whatever but like it's uh, it's i don't know my fr my friend is the one who brought that to my attention in the first place that i have a man card as a thing and with that i get a certain privilege that's the word i was looking for i have privilege that uh i don't have to go through the hell that women go through on a day-to-day -day basis is a thing uh, i might have to go through other you know trials and tribulations but not the ones the same ones that they do you know and um probably not as much these days uh like i feel like women definitely still have you know a constant battle every day with me i there's a higher chance that i'll meet a non or at least a non-blatant racist in my everyday than i would meet a sexist person there's a higher chance i'll meet a sexist person is the thing so which, <laughs> which part it, what in your definition is toxic masculinity and where do you think that arises from commonly in your life? So I brought my wife into construction, actually. So she works in construction too. Wow. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough, you guys. Uh, literally every female I've ever talked to in construction, and it's not obviously not just construction, but it's just heavily in construction. There is a lot of sexism involved. There's a lot of... Um, saying, what are you doing here? You know, you're, you're, you can't do the work. Basically you're less stronger than us or whatever. You should be getting paid less or like calling them like honey <laughs> and saying like, uh, making very crude jokes around them. 
Like it's 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 sort of like I suppose like the same way that they would make Asian jokes at me, but like to a woman, just to say like I'll go overtly to one end, and if you're still around, then I know I can actually have a conversation with you without being judged, basically. And that's they're just trying to make it safer themselves, I guess. I feel like in terms of toxic masculinity, it's it's a lot of everything that I guess kids have been raised with uh, since the '80s, just that uh, don't show emotion, be as male as possible which is very much like uh, oh I go hunting oh I go you know I love sports oh I love uh I would never watch a musical oh like uh hey did you see that this is gonna show you how much of a sports nut I am sports game <laughs> I don't know oh, that's a thing right like I personally I, I I've come from such a different world than them in the way that I could care less about uh what makes what they feel like makes me a man is a thing, right? I go against everything that they say is cool, basically. With that said, I do find a lot of guys are uh, weirded out when a good chunk of my friends are female, actually. And they they don't understand that at all. Girls will uh, call me at work, basically, that are my friends. And they're like, hey, who's that? Hey, who's this? And then they'll, at the same time, go against the way that I live my life because they don't find it's uh, masculine enough. But at the same time, your toxic masculinity is actually pushing women away from you. And it's, uh, it's something that they can't conceive. They feel like if this impresses a man, it must impress a woman as well, basically. It's almost borderline that. I think that's interesting because, I mean, it is a very male dominated space in construction. So if that's all they know, and I feel, I feel like bringing in a you know racial issue with you and calling you whatever names mm-hmm. and you kind of taking that and then also still being comfortable with yourself, I think you've gained their respect in that sense, right? But if it's in comparison to a woman, I don't think if a woman was able to absorb that kind of abuse yes. and then also still be herself, like I still think they wouldn't respect her. So why why not? What, what do you think? It's, it's interesting. The women that quote unquote do succeed with these guys are the ones that, you know, are very much say, yes, you're correct, basically to them on their views and they go along with it or they try to be even quote unquote manlier around them. And then they're like, hey, you're all right, basically, right? I, I don't feel like that's going to take us anywhere good, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I, that's, that's where it is at the moment. You'll find that in construction, there's not too many Asians around, actually. Uh, it's, uh, it's very rare to find Asians in construction, but there was a guy who um, came to me and we were working together uh, at the auto show, tearing it down, and we had to count uh, how many of these panels we had. And you say, whoa, 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 leave it to the Asian guy. He's good at math or whatever, right? But uh, instead of like, you know, getting upset with them, you know, I went along with it. And then just because I did improv and uh, in improv, they teach you to yes and anything that's given to you. And so like, stand back guys. I was taught by Tibetan monks on how to like actually count or whatever, right? So like some of you guys may only be able to reach 10. I can double that, it's the thing, right? With many years of practice. And then he's taken aback by that, uh, by not, imme- me, not immediately throwing rocks at him, but actually, you know, going along with it and maybe trying to make him laugh too. And then literally, Halfway through the day, he goes, he was like, you're the least Asian guy I've ever met, is what he said to me. And that's a thing, right? Like, they have this pre-definition of what an Asian person is. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm the only Asian person they've actually had a conversation with past five sentences, perhaps, is a thing, right? And that's 
always pushed me to want to have, to go down this route with them, to be a little bit more patient with them. Obviously it's, you're right in terms of like how women have to answer that back because not for nothing, it goes down to sexual harassment pretty fast. I was talking to one lady and I, I noticed that she was in, she was doing carpentry. And I said like, Hey, my wife's about to enter construction. What's your experience been like? She's like, Oh, I'm, I'm like, I've just finished my first sexual harassment case. And I was like, Oh Jesus. You know, like apparently her, her foreman, her, her boss asked her to come with them to a CCAN. A CCAN is one of those, you know, uh, I don't know if you know what a CCAN is. I didn't know what a CCAN was until they defined it for me. It's like those big giant metal uh, rectangles that you keep a bunch of like material in. Basically, anyways, he asked her to come with her to a place where other people couldn't see it, and he asked her to perform fellatio on him. And uh, obviously, that's not cool. But she went to the higher ups about it, like HR and stuff like that. The guy wasn't fired, but she was moved away, basically. And that's rough. That sucks. But hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, this is not where we want to be. But hopefully, by at least saying something, you know, the next per- after like maybe this is terrible to say, but like. After 20, 50 people say, hey, this guy led me to a sea can and asked for fellatio, like, wait a minute, something suspicious about this or whatever. Because obviously they said to her that they don't have, there's no proof of it, basically. It's just a he said, she said, and that's the way they dealt with it. That's sad. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. That's crazy. I think, I mean, when I was in, when I used to work for people, I noticed that I had to act like a man. You know, I had to prove that I can be just as good, if not better than them in order to get their respect. But then guys would look at me as another guy now and not as a woman anymore. And I would remove everything that I want to be like a whole, you know, definition of myself just in order to play in that field. So if I wanted to be feminine again, then I would have to revoke myself of that respect that I just gained. So that was always like my issue, I think, because I, th- I think all you can do is get more respect. You know, the mm-hmm. more that you are empathetic to, to the people that you're working with, the more that you show that you're being patient with them, of course, they're going to respond nicely with you. But I think on a, a woman's perspective, if they're empathetic, it's almost like condemning them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like, why do you think it's that? Is it because like, is it mother issues? Like, where do you think that kind of um, defense comes from? Uh, I think it just goes back to exactly how they've been taught by their heroes and their loved ones on how to treat women as a thing. I was watching uh, Ghostbusters the other day <laughs> and the hero, uh, one of the heroes, Peter Bakeman, he's, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in there too, but you know, it, it, it does go down to basically when you know better, you do better, but unfortunately nobody's teaching them to, you know, how to be better or like what is better basically. And so they feel like they're doing better. They feel like they're doing the right thing. It's just that nobody's ever talked to them and said, actually, do you feel like that's the right thing when you hurt so-and-so or when you make this person feel uncomfortable, basically? And that's why I find a lot of the times on, on social media, you'll have people saying like, oh, they're a snowflake, basically. But really, if you just sort of, you know, melt that down, no pun intended, it's just very much, you know, oh, you can't take, you're, you're it's, it's, it's a wall, basically. It's a wall statement to say that, um, you know, don't tell me I'm wrong, basically. You know, the moment you tell me I'm wrong, it's because you're a snowflake. You are inferior to me, is what they're trying to get at. And uh, just to protect their ego is what it feels like. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's interesting that you use a lot of humor to kind of bring down people's (laughs) barriers. 
it's 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 important. It humanizes you to them, basically, okay. right? Humor is something that, you know, your funny bone isn't racist. Well, can be, I suppose, <laughs> like that. But if it's something's funny, it's gonna laugh. You know, even if it comes from someone that you're initially told to hate or see as lesser than as a thing, right? And that makes you human to them. And that's honestly what I strive to do with like uh, little things. You know, I I know that nobody comes to them and talks to them about their family life. Nobody comes up to them and asks them what their dreams and aspirations were. But when I'm stuck with them for eight hours a day, those are the ones I jump on, right? Those are the questions I jump on. And then they actually find this release, you know, that they've never been given in their entire lives. They've always been told, hey, no, don't talk about emotions, you know, but when there's no one else to talk to you and the other person's all like, you know, hey, it's your judgment, you know, what, you know, how are you doing in your life? Are you doing okay? That must be hard, you know, like, you know, like to actually synthesize with, um, you know, what they must be going through in their day-to-day life, you know, uh, when other times it's just as shallow as talking about sports and that's it, you know, that's as far as it goes with their day-to-day with other people, not as many people sit down with them and ask them how they're doing as an individual, as a human being, and, you know, how it might be affecting them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that must be such a shocker for them to be like, oh, I didn't even think about this, you know? And I think when I started to have these conversations with men, I realized how many men have never flexed this muscle before, like, you know, speaking about this. So even getting on the show and talking about it might have been like the very first time ever speaking about this. Mm -hmm. And even when I do that, I got a lot of responses from women saying like oh why didn't he share more i want to wrap up with a couple questions one i want to tell you about a scenario and i'm just curious what your thoughts are so please when i used to work in corporate i was just like around union station there was always construction going on around that area mm-hmm. and i would wear like nice pretty silk dresses mm-hmm. all the time as yep. i go to work if i'm going across the street anywhere i would get cat called like nonstop. that's right and then i started to focus a lot on my fitness and Mm -hmm. towards the summer I was taking boxing class pretty heavily so Mm -hmm. I felt a lot more confidence with myself and my body I was wearing less and less clothing day Mm -hmm. by day by day and then it came to a point where I was basically wearing like nothing and Mm -hmm. just like a backpack of boxing gloves as Mm -hmm. I would walk to the to my boxing studio and I got Mm -hmm. zero cat calls so I'm just curious if- Really, you got zero cat calls when like, while, while, but it was the boxing gloves that were on you. What do you feel? I, I, was, I was holding boxing gloves like out mm-hmm. in the open with a water bottle, but then I was mm-hmm. wearing like a, I was wearing just a bra and like shorts, right? Mm-hmm. So it was very exposed, very fitting compared to kind of, my, I guess I was maybe less approachable and I was definitely on my way somewhere. So there's two thoughts. One is like, okay, am I less approachable? or kind of scary with the boxing glove situation, or is it like they have nothing to cat call anymore because they can see everything? So I kind of got both of those I, considerations. There's a good chunk of men in construction that basically go the quote unquote easy route, basically, right? When it comes to cat calling, like the same guy that used to watch Grey's Anatomy, that watched all of Grey's Anatomy, he used to cat call on the truck while I was driving is the thing, right? And I would talk to him about that and say like, uh, the way he would cat call is, oh, I'm going 60 miles per hour. So I'm like, wow, but like 60, you're already there. I'm like, and that was, uh, I'm just gonna call him Bill. <laughs> that was Bill with his technique on how to approach women <laughs> like that. Stay tuned for more uh, pointers from uh, Bill basically, right? Just something humorous to say, but then like you get the message across where you'd be all like, 
oh, he's right. That doesn't get me anything, <laughs> actually. My cat calling woman, that doesn't get me anything. Or he'll go to me if we're parked, like, hey, look at that girl or whatever, right? I'm like, I can go over there right now and get her uh, and like, you know, we can, you know, I can ask her if uh, she'd be interested in maybe go on a date with you or like that. We can ask her respectfully or whatever, right? It's like, uh, no, 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 whatever, right? They're very... It's all about all talk and no action at times, basically, right? And, or what they feel like they get away with. If you're like in your business suit and you're off to like go to um, work, they know you're not gonna stop and you know, yell, yell at them for at least a prolonged amount of time, I suppose, or whatever, right? You got places to be is a thing, right? So they know what they can get away with, I suppose. With uh, a fit woman, with a confident woman with like uh, boxing gloves, they might not see that as quote unquote easy prey. Uh, and they might not uh, go down that route as much, I suppose. That's just, this is all based Interesting. off. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> so so catcalling, like they don't really want a response. They just do it just... They don't. They, they do it to like have guys uh, tell them that they did a good thing, basically. That's what I'm gathering from it, to be honest. Like, I don't think any of them genuinely feel like they're going to get a date from it. It's a thing, right? It's all about power and it's all about making them feel like they're a uh, an alpha, quote unquote, is a thing. You know, I think that's so interesting that if you take it in that perspective, like it has nothing to do with actual women. It just has to do with like whatever their peer situation is. Mm -hmm. But yet here women are saying like, oh, these are terrible things. You shouldn't act like this and whatever. And they're just like, yeah, but it was never about you. So I think that's complicated now. I think it's very much in some ways and in a lot of ways, adults are basically children trying to figure out the world basically. And with them, they're just basically children that have just never taken, had certain things brought to their attention. Like in this example, it would be that with, with what they've learned is if I cat call a woman, I get praise from all my guy friends. I like that feeling. I will do that. When I cat call and the woman just like maybe looks at me glaringly and leaves or whatever, right? That's worth it to get the praise that I get from men is a thing, right? And so they just constantly want that childlike, you know, praise uh, that maybe they didn't get much of uh, or they've always wanted. And that's interesting because you're saying, well, technically the consequence is pretty low. It's like, oh, some girl's just going to exactly. look at you disapprovingly, but then I get all the praise of my boys. Yeah. So what if now women start doing more than just look glaring back at them? You know, what if they tell them off? What if they fight them back? What if, you know, what if the consequence is greater somehow that a woman so that's to them. That's that's the problem there too. Is a thing that like, you know, the girl can yell at them absolutely, but very much so. They've they'll just go like, whoa, whoa, honey, come on, you know. And then all the guys will just laugh, and they're still getting even more praise instead. So that's kind of, I I, I wish I had an answer for you on that one, but that's uh, like based off what I've seen, that's literally all that's going to come back to them. That's like, it's still worth it to treat you as lesser than, treat women as lesser than, because they'll just get even more praise from the people that have been, that they do care about in terms of uh, where to get the praise from. Yeah, I guess it's just like, well, who's this person? This is a stranger on the street. You know, that person came while out crazy. It doesn't matter because they'll never have to see that person again, technically. Yeah. Right. What I can only assume and hope for is that in the future, you know, as, as we were talking about these pauses that turn into silence, you know, and with the next generation being privy to, you know, issues that might not be brought to their attention at home, maybe some of these guys will have daughters and these daughters will be like, 
hey, dad, I hope you're not like this at work or like that, right? Uh, or like, hey, dad, I was passing by the construction site today and this happened to me. Or hey, dad, this guy, you know, did this to me or whatever, right? And maybe that might give them pause for their actions. And it's just hopefully we're not where we want to be, but I want to believe that we're getting there super slow, but we're getting there, you know? Yeah. And honestly, like, I hope it doesn't have to wait till they actually have kids or like a female kid for that to happen, mm -hmm. but kind of, yeah, they, maybe they need it that close to home, literally, mm -hmm. uh, for that. System. That's the only way it's going to get inside their echo chambers, if then, right? Mm -hmm. Currently, their echo chamber is just all like, hey, all the terrible things you think, they're correct. And that's it. That's all it goes as far as it goes. Yeah. And that's, that's wild to have people in the world just accept that low level of self-worth, you know, based on whatever society has given them and then act exactly like that to fulfill that stereotype, right? You know, what's interesting for me too, because I, obviously the vast majority of my friends aren't construction workers as a thing, right? But I do hang out with them for 40 hours a week. And so I hear things from them that I've never once heard in my life. Uh, I hear ideas from them that I've never heard in my life. Like one guy was saying like school is bad, education is bad. They're saying they're just going to teach you liberal things and then they brainwash you to become liberal. Now that's the thing, right? They see liberals as immediately bad. They don't see them as these are people that maybe read some articles that you have <laughs> is a thing are a little bit more knowledgeable in certain aspects or certain issues that have never been brought to your attention they just immediately say no if you make me feel inferior to you you're a bad thing and i'm going to try to push you away as much as possible or see you as the enemy basically and it doesn't help that there are some liberal shows that you know are comedy based but it very much just shows you know, it doesn't take the time to, you know, show the humanity from the other side. It just mocks them. And then it, that's that's where the issue ends for, you know, uh, certain liberal shows too. Uh, I'm not a fan of that either. I wish that we could all just see each other more and more as human beings and, you know, not because that's throwing rocks as well. Uh, and I don't know, I just don't feel like we'll get as far. I'm, just, I'm reiterating so much. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's all about threat, right? So I want to wrap up with a couple questions. Yep. What do you think, in terms of your gender as a man, is the greatest threat that women are offering right now in the 21st century? That's the thing. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't see women as a threat at all as a thing, right? But that's just me. Like, I know, like, everybody in construction sort of does. Like, one thing I did bring up would be, like, Hey, you know, they're forced to be put here is the thing. Like uh, they, 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 they got here not because of their abilities, but because we're forced to put them here because of law is the thing, right? They're very much set on that idea. And they'll say like, so my friend, you know, Chad or whatever can't get his job because a woman has to take it that job basically, right? But she can only do maybe a quarter of, only has a quarter of his strength. That's not right is what they say. And they'll say like, if a woman was, you know, built like a machine and yeah absolutely hire as long as she can do the job i'm not sexist or whatever right but like you know they need to be able to do the job is what they'll say and i think that's the biggest threat that they'll see okay so it's more about they think that there's a movement which means like we all have to be yes. inclusive now and that's why yep, like 100%. not really about anyone's qualifications 100%. okay so what is the greatest fear in being a man like what do, what do you what would you say like you're most afraid of of like leaving a legacy behind or like not the right legacy behind or not being a good man like what 
what is it that you'd be most afraid of? For me personally, it would be very much like, am I doing the right thing by actually going one at a time with these guys and, you know, not shutting them down immediately? These are questions that I have in my head on like how I um, speak with, let's be honest, 99% of the people I work with is a thing, right? In terms of everything else, I, I, I don't feel threatened as a man personally. I just generally don't. I feel incredibly privileged, but I don't feel threatened personally, just from where I stand. Well, my greatest fear, I think I have two fears, but like my greatest fear is like not being approved of, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's by family or peers or anything. And then I end up doing things that is inauthentic to me because I want that approval. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's a gendered situation, but I think like everyone in some aspects seeks something Mm -hmm. like that. Like what would your, would you have a greatest fear that you could be like, maybe it's control, maybe it's success, you know, like, what would you say? Can I be completely honest with you? I just 0% have any fears. (laughs) I'm very blessed. I know I'm 110% blessed to be where I am. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful child. I live in a house in the suburbs. I have great friends that go, you know, not just above and beyond for me, but like beyond, beyond that. I just feel so blessed. And maybe it's because I was a giant nerd as a kid and still am. And I was just like, so sure as a child that I would one, never have friends, let alone a girlfriend or a wife or happiness was a thing. And I might've, you know, as an, as a uh, child of immigrants, there's different ways that things are done. And so maybe I may have dealt with a lot of, uh, not just, you know, well, now we're going to get even more deeper like that, or like that physical abuse and emotional abuse I went through basically. Right. And so I was told things like, you know, if you, if I were to pass by you, screw it, I'm just going to help my dad. <laughs> my dad would say things to me like, um, if I pass by you on the street and you were begging, I wouldn't even take a second to spit on you basically. Right. Or he would say, oh, you're bad at math. Let me punch you in the face harder. You know, like that's going to make you learn math better basically. Right. But that sort of pushed me in such an opposite direction where I didn't, I wanted to be complete, the complete opposite of my father was a thing. My dad's not like that these days, for sure. Literally he'll go to my, uh, his grandchildren, uh, my nephew and uh, my child and say, I love you. I love you. And I'm all like, damn, where was that for my childhood? <laughs> you know, it was a lot of, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I do feel very, very lucky to be where I am. And so everything, every day that I have, I just feel blessed as a thing. And so I, I don't have any fears, literally, like, or at least that I'm aware of, you know, like every single time I might do something dangerous at work, basically, uh, I always tell my partner, like, tell my wife and child I love them. And that's okay. I've seen Avengers Endgame, you know, <laughs> like literally that's, um, I don't know. That's just the way I look at life. I'm zero fears for the time being. Uh, if, if, if any pop up, I'll let you know, or whatever. That's but amazing. I just feel, I'm just too busy feeling blessed, I feel. Yeah. And I think we don't do that enough, you know, like celebrate the times that you're okay. I think Mm -hmm. we're so quick to remember the times that you're not okay. Mm -hmm. And then be like, oh, this too shall pass, you know, and you're just Mm -hmm. like waiting for the bad times to clear out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it seems like you're in a a great place. So that's amazing that you can celebrate that right now. I want to wrap up with two last questions. Mm -hmm. The first one is what negative thoughts do your female friends have about themselves that you wish could change? like a friend of mine just came to me and she said that uh, she was at her 
brother's house and he has four kids and she has none but she's all like gosh you know there's there's so much life and love in this household and then she felt probably lesser than for like a split second you know and she felt like you know where am I you know I, why can't I maybe she started asking herself questions like why can't I find someone or whatever but it's that's that's hard when like guys will always have someone to lean on like you know oh I can have kids at any time you know or whatever right that's that can wait you know women are they have to some women have to carry this this weight on top of their shoulders where they're all like you know well I've got a time limit you know I've, I've got to work on this now you know uh do I put my career on the line or aside just so that, you know, I can have what I want as well as a thing, you know, these are things that guys don't have to ask for at all. Literally there's short of having to pay child support. That's the biggest fear in, in, in a guy's mind, I, I suppose, at releasing construction. And that's, that's rough. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, that's a very interesting one. Usually the responses are something about, you know, what society has put onto them, like body image or something. But that's the thing but, too. Society has put that on women as well, where they're all like, you won't be happy unless you're married and have children. Does that like, you know, cost uh, a lot more than it would a man? You know, they don't ask questions like that. Society doesn't ask questions like that. And they should. Yeah. And like just having the whole burden of child care period, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. being fully on one gender. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So my last question to you is, out of all the topics we talked about today, what resonated with you the most that you would like to invite another man to elaborate on further in another episode on the show? I would love to know their stance on um, how they would interact with um, the individuals I interact with every day, basically, right? Like, uh, do they feel it's just a, f a few things? Like, would they go down the route that I'm going down where it's all like one person at a time, one impossible thing at a time, basically what it feels like, or do you just, you know, make your stance known and then just let the world deal with it or whatever. And uh, hopefully, and it has been showing, I feel uh, some promise as well in that going down that route too. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see what other guys think too, or if they even see anything wrong with it. That's, uh, that's something I wouldn't mind hearing about. Interesting. I've interviewed a couple guys already and most of them go for the latter they would say this is not my problem wow I'm really not, i just won't hang out with those guys you know what yeah, yeah you know what i do hang out with uh, a lot of very liberal males so it's <laughs> when you hear the like eh, not my problem or like that it's just they're like it's it's almost like i don't know maybe it's because i was raised on comics too so great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and and I don't know, that is a great power. If you literally have a line of communication that don't actually take two seconds to actually listen to instead of zero seconds, that's a great power. And you almost have to use, it's a responsibility to actually go out of your way and actually have these conversations with them, I feel. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, otherwise I see guys that, you know, try to do the right thing and keep this moral code, which means just erasing all those other guys. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I just don't hang around those you guys. Know what, like, you know what, though? You can't just exile people like that. The, but that's, here's one thing that I am worried about as well, right? Like, I listen to certain podcasts that, you know, in, a, in almost a pseudo way of um, preventing me, I don't know, giving me some protection from 
constantly being around toxic masculinity all the time is a thing, right? If that's what I'm around 40 hours a day, here's a fear I have. A fear would be that I become toxic, uh, uh, a toxic male myself inadvertently and unbeknownst to myself. And I'm sure there's probably things I said here that were toxic, but I was just unaware of. And I hope somebody can come up to me and be like, hey, I, I know you didn't mean this, but actually it says this, you know, that'd be nice. I, I, I can only do as good as I know. And I hope I'm doing well enough <laughs> like that. I try to better myself every day. And if somebody tells me what I'm doing wrong and explains it to me, then hopefully I can learn from that. I just, I am worried. I do get worried that um, that will never get, be, get brought to my attention. And uh, maybe slowly I'll degrade in how much of an ally I am. Yeah. And I think, you know, that quote, like, show me who you're, who you hang out with and I'll show you who you are, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you are who you are surrounding yourself with and you spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time with these types of guys. So eventually that mentality could bleed into you versus you, you know, giving your mentality to them. Right. So it's borderline, like going to Chernobyl or something like that. You've got your radiation suit, but if you spend enough time there or whatever, what if you catch, you know, get a can't, cancer or some radiation you know that's uh that's a fear of mine i suppose yeah absolutely and it's it's interesting that you know i've i've interviewed like maybe 30 more than 30 guys now and all i can all i have experienced is just new learnings you know like just keeping that open mind and realizing like wow there's so much that i didn't know about but it was funny because the origin of this show was to educate others mm-hmm. about my point of view which never really mm-hmm. got expressed because mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're there yet you know i think i just need to start off with everyone else's perspectives mm-hmm. which is a great way to do it it's yeah. a great way to do it absolutely yeah and i don't think anyone's done it at least like no like self-proclaimed feminist is going to be like yeah let's let's get a hundred guys perspectives first <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's not a very popular thought but But that's what makes it important though if you're the only one there to stand there that makes you very important if everybody's trying one route try this other route too you know it doesn't hurt and your your goals are the same basically right you want a better world is a thing so i applaud you for doing this 110 percent uh you're alone in your class yeah yeah thank you i I think it's been weird because like this would give it six months ago never would be me voluntarily interviewing guys, you know, like, mm-hmm. no way. I don't need to, to share the stage with these guys. And now mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, completely my world now. And I think, I hope that that, that might make people want to collaborate more just in mm-hmm. general, you know, like not everything's a competition, like, you mm-hmm. know, who, who threw the rocks first, you know, oh, mm-hmm. well, that person mm-hmm. like owns this space or like, where's, mm-hmm. how am I going to leave my legacy behind? It's all about you. And like, you know, all these kind of egotistical, selfish attributes right so mm-hmm. generally i hope that our understanding of self-worth can change you know through mm-hmm. these, these types of conversations so so thank you for this it's been thank you it's been great yeah the guy card concept really makes me question can i as a woman make an impact at all among men or can i only rely on other men to pave the way and if not Can women be more patient with men as they continue to rise in their power? I don't know the answer, but I do know that if we don't change anything, nothing's going to get better. Make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective, 
Slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram, and I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Masked Men. Mm-hmm.